Hi, I'm Kate Plasek. And I'm Lauren Hunter. And this is Generation BSC, which you should know by now is an episodic <laughs> revisiting of all of the Babysitter's Club books. Uh, from our perspective, as members of the micro-generation, we're calling Generation BSC. AKA Elder Millennials, oh, the God. worst. You're going to say that every, every episode and you're going to make me want to die. Yeah, I just love it. Um, so we today we are diving into book number two in the series, Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls. Ooh, so scary. So let's take a look at the back of the book. Christy, Claudia, Marianne, and Stacy have had some strange adventures since they started the Babysitter's Club, but nothing's been as spooky as what's going on right now. The babysitters have been getting mysterious phone calls when they're out on their jobs. When a phone rings and they pick up, there's no one on the other end of the line. Claudia's sure it's the phantom caller, a jewel thief who's been operating in the area. Claudia's always liked reading mysteries, but she doesn't like it when they happen to her. So she and the babysitters decide to take action with some very mixed results. So, first of all, what adventures? There's been exactly one book. So many adventures. So many adventures. Second of all, that description absolutely makes it sound like they go after the phantom caller. Like, doesn't oh, it sound yeah. like vigilante oh, justice? Yeah. They're they're like out there on the streets, hunt, like um, you know, looking for clues, hunting him down. Like Encyclopedia Brown. Exactly. Like, <laughs> what was that one? Um, where she tapped her teeth. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the dog was stolen. No. Oh, I'm gonna need to find this. Something. Wicked This Way Comes, maybe? That is the name of a book. I, like a, yeah, a YA book, okay. I remember. I don't think I read it, and I have no idea what you're talking okay. about. I'm going to find this. I freaking loved it. I think it was more of a picture book. But the one girl, I don't know why I remember this, why it stuck so vividly. Whenever she would think she would tap her teeth. I don't know if you can hear that. But to this day, every once in a while when I'm thinking <laughs> about something, the- you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> There's little like dashes in the. Oh, good! You're gonna get to hear whatever my it looks like. I teeth don't know. tapping, uh, but yeah, I think about that uh, and all the time. So wow, we've already started our first tangent yeah, we, of the day. We jumped right in. Um, oh, before we go further, uh, as promised, this was released October 1986. And was written actually by Anne M. Martin. No ghostwriters yes. have appeared yet. Not yet. They had to still, they're getting their bearings, making sure people actually want to read about the babysitters before they, you know, expanded into this empire. I wonder, just out of curiosity, I wonder how many Nancy Drews are, were an original author or were they all? Is that Carolyn Keene? Keene, yeah. Something like that. I'm guessing. I, is Carolyn Keene even a real person? That's we what know I don't Anna know. Martin's a real person. Yes. I, I just remember knowing that Nancy Drew, not totally tangential, um, <laughs> Claudia loves her, but I, I know, I remember listening to a podcast a while back uh, about the um, ghostwriting process for mm. those Nancy Drew books, but I can't remember if it was like some, like Anna right, Martin like who this. set the Bible and then other people yeah. followed, but who I knows? Maybe we'll find out one day. <laughs> I'm sure we will, because someone will, I'm certain, tell us. <laughs> Accurate. Um, okay, so I guess time to start talking about our great ideas. Um, I think we sort of, again, like we're not the same person, but our brains work in the same way about the Babysitter's Club books, apparently. We're sort of on the same track when it came to our two great ideas, and I think yours were, I think also like last time, a little bit more broad than mine. So maybe let's start with your first great idea, and then I can give you my narrow scope within that overall arching theme. Perfect. Sounds good. Um, I don't know why it feels weird to make eye contact with you while we're I know, recording. I feel like it I'm feels just like staring. <laughs> it feels very strange. Um, oh, we forgot to mention that part. Oh, right. So yes. we are... Staring straight into each other's eyes. <laughs> staring into each other's souls. We are in our very own pod loft. Trademark my favorite murder. <laughs> Which is actually a pod basement. Pod basement. That sounds creepier. It does. Um, so... Um, as I mentioned in the first, uh, our intro episode or mm-hmm. one of our first episodes, we talked about how I had been living in Las Vegas but was looking forward to moving back to Cleveland. And ta-da! You're here. It's official. Um, it has been a little bit since the last time we recorded, um, largely because I picked moving. up my whole life and moved across the country. You know, Got to get settled. Again. Yeah. I suppose we can allow you a few you know, weeks to get that figured out. Yeah, it took me days. No problem. <laughs> Everything's up and running. It's not like you don't have you know, curtains or a shower curtain. Or uh, what did you say? You had no, you can't find a knife to cut anything yeah, in your no, kitchen. Don't have a knife. You know, um, so <laughs> non-essential items that you don't really need to have a, a real place to live. Yeah. No, I've I've had macaroni and cheese for every meal for like the past five days because I, I, I mean it's I delicious. So yeah. it's fine. Um, 
But yes, I literally just moved into my new place this weekend and it was a disaster. Oh boy. So I'm very glad to be focusing on something fun and yes. not the fact that literally three-fourths of my apartment is windows <laughs> and none of them have coverings. <laughs> yes. Super awesome. Awesome. Okay, so. Anyway, great ideas. Back to my great idea. <laughs> um, so my first biggest takeaway um, overall was about the growing and changing maturity and how that impacts how they interact with each other. So we mentioned it in the first book, but it's super prevalent here, especially with Claudia as the narrator, that idea that Christy and Marianne are babyish. Right. They're much less mature than Claudia and Stacy. And we can see that starting to impact how they interact with each other, how Claudia and Stacy are beginning to share secrets at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy is very upset to learn that um Stace or Claudia has told Stacy about her Trevor Sanborn crush oh, yes. but didn't tell the secret to them. Um Claudia even points out that Christy says something like you left us out and Claudia fully owns it. Oh yeah, we I've, we even do like sometimes. In my notes somewhere I which are like 7 pages long so I don't really have the ability to find it very easily but she's basically like yeah, Stacy and I totally do have things that we talk about with each other and leave you out. I mean, I guess she doesn't say it to Christy's face, but she definitely does say it to us as the people reading the book. Yeah, it's. I found the quote. Uh, Mm -hmm. It says, I saw Christy and Marianne glance at each other and knew that what they were thinking, that Stacy and I sometimes left them out of things. Well, maybe we did sometimes. So uh, it's interesting that they're even conscious of that, Mm -hmm. that, that knowing that they're leaving each other out. So there's that dynamic within the group. Um, but it's also how um, that plays out with boys, especially this right. is the first first book that we really get a perspective from um, one of the boy crazy characters. So boys are a big topic of this right. one. Um, and her family, uh, mm-hmm. how uh, it's a reoccurring theme, how her relationship with Janine has evolved, how they went from being friends to um, really feeling on Claudia's part like adversaries. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember growing up thinking, ugh, Janine's the worst. Right. Um, actually, I remember thinking, ugh, Janie's the worst because... because <laughs> right, you don't know how to say, say Janine. Janine. Um, mean Janine makes so much more sense oh, now. Yeah. yeah. Um, understand. But uh, reading this, I feel so sympathetic to her. Mm-hmm. And especially when she starts spouting off, she's like, oh, that's a really psychologically interesting... And I was like... It is. Yeah. Tell me more, Janine. <laughs> um, and Claudia's like, Ugh, shut up and get away. Yeah. So sure. um, that really struck me that I remember that balance of mm-hmm. being a teenager of of um, wanting to feel adult, not wanting to be babyish, but but knowing that you're not an adult. You know, you want to feel grown up, but not like you still want to be a kid. Yeah, you but not be- like a too little of a kid. But also, like, them feeling so grown up, they felt so sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And then even later in the book, when Claudia starts crying when Sam went on a date with someone else, Claudia mentions that this is the first time Stacy didn't seem quite so sophisticated. Right. Um, yeah, she seemed like a little girl that was upset. And then, ugh, too pure for this world, Mimi. Oh, my God. Um, really bringing in some real wisdom. Mm-hmm. She is such a needed character and such a voice or reason for Claudia. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's Claudia talking about how she wants to be her when she grows up. Um, so Claudia can see who she wants to be. She's just not quite there yet. And I so empathized with that be- feeling of being caught in the middle. Um, I especially thought it was interesting how she thinks of herself as so grown up. But when then Janine tries to engage with her on a grown up level... She's like, ew, no. Yeah. So she th- just belies how much she is still a 12-year-old child. Yeah. 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 I mean, because, like, my great idea within that was sort of focused just on the Claudia and Janine interactions, you know, the the how they have different ideas and ways of being smart. Um, you know, the sibling rivalry, that sort of thing, not really understanding each other and not really understanding how they got away from – the friendship that they had and even Claudia expressing that she wants to get back to that somehow because Mimi tells her about how she and her sister were such good friends and you know Claudia's like well how like how do I even do that like how how do I even start to think about wanting to do that because I remember being friends with her but now they're in this like sort of adversarial sort of adversarial place because they're just not in the same place and I think it's interesting because I, I do – I think adversarial is a perfect word for Claudia. Right. Yeah. Janine it has no 
animosity toward Claudia. She has no, yeah. like, tension with her at all other than feeling like, okay, every time I talk to you, you tell me to shut up. Yeah. Although I do think there is some adversarial position with, like, the the helping with their homework. Because, and it maybe is adversarial from Janine's perspective is the wrong word still, but, like, she just doesn't understand how Claudia can't understand. And yes. reading this now as an adult with much more understanding of things like learning disabilities and ADHD and all of that sort of stuff, it's very obvious that Claudia is not stupid. Oh, she, yeah. You know, and it even says in here, like, her, she has an IQ that's above average, and which is like... I guess when I was a kid, I thought like if you're and if your IQ is above average, you're a genius. Yep. And Claudia is clearly an idiot, so she's below average. Which like I mean, and IQs are like their whole separate thing that they sort of don't mean anything. Yeah, that's. But it's just it's sort of like interesting that I think that was like the main thing with them, aside from the sibling rivalry stuff, was just like they're both smart in their own way, and Claudia just like doesn't have the understanding of. Her sister, her family, her teachers, that like she needs to learn in a different way. She needs to have the ability to do her creative things and maybe not be so focused on memorizing multiplication or, you know, spelling October right, which come on though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Girl, get yeah. it together. Um, at least could have been February. Like. Right, exactly. That one's at least complicated. But so I wrote down something specific about the IQs, which is sort of why I brought that up. So Janine's IQ is 196, which okay. I realize is very high. Oh, it, I see. I, well, I so remember. like in the book, and I don't know that I wrote this part down, but like in the book, Claudia explains that 100 is average, um, 120 is like genius level. So Janine is 196, or maybe it's 150 is genius level. You you do I'll your look, googling yeah. in your electronic version of the book. Um, I just have my notes because I have this you know handy dandy paperback over <laughs> here, which is a little bit more difficult to search through. But so as I was reading that, I was like, okay, 196. That seems excessively high. So I googled it. You know, super super scientific internet research. Okay, yes, average is 100. Above average is 120. Genius level is 150. Okay, genius. So she's still almost she's still, 50 points above genius. So we're right. talking like Stephen Hawking level. So let me tell you what percentile that would be in real world numbers. As of right now, I googled what percentile is 196 IQ. She would be in the 99.9999999922 percentile. Holy crap. In my notes, I put what the actual fuck. Like... I'm sure, obviously, like, there's a percentile for it. Somebody in the world probably is that. Yep. But, like, this one girl who's, like, 15 is that – she's smarter than Stephen Hawking. She's smarter than Einstein. She's – I guess – so, I guess when we're talking about IQ, though, we're not talking really about smarts. We're That's talking about, true. like, potential, I guess, is the more – or, like – I because I, I – yeah, actually, I kind of like that because – um, that's what I kept thinking about with Claudia and her grades and things. That it, it's the trope of you so you're not living up to your potential, right? Which is which a, is the other thing I wrote down right before here. Um, actually, I'll tell you a secret. My IQ is also above average. Everyone is amazed since I can barely spell, but that's why my parents and teachers came down so hard on me. I'm smart, but I'm not a good student. They say if I just pay attention and concentrate, I could do fine in school. But who cares? I'd never live up to Janine. So it's sort of like, is that from her parents actually saying you're never going to live up to Jenny? Obviously not. We've yeah. met her parents. They're hard on her, but they're not evil. <laughs> yeah. they're, And I don't even think they're overly hard on her. They were like, make sure your homework gets done before right. you go babysit. That's <laughs> like, we're going to take away the things you like, like uh, Nancy Drew mystery books, because you need to read your actual you, books for school. Which, again, tells us how reading this as an old. As a, right now, it's like. <laughs> Well, yeah, you got to do your homework. I mean, obviously, duh. she even says she hasn't done any, basically, no homework since school started. Which yeah, maybe this is time for some timeline wonkiness. How long? Like it's October. It's so October. It's been like a month. Yes. So Christie's uh, great idea took place on the first Tuesday of seventh grade. So if we assume that's if most schools start around Labor, Labor Day, Day, either just before or after. Okay. Yeah. Because remember, I did try to Google when did oh, Connecticut did. public schools start in Such 1986. A nerd. Such a nerd. Spoiler alert. Couldn't find that one. Um, I mean. But if we just assume somewhere around late August, early September, we are only about a month, month and a half right. into the school year because this starts um, – uh, there's a specific like October date. October 1st or the first something of October? Um. 
it, oh no, Mimi just says um, just a few more weeks. A few weeks Halloween. So early October. So we're really looking a month yeah. into the school year. So that's really not that much homework, but no. also like that's when the easy homework is, right? So it's like Claudia, just do your homework. And I, but I, also like. She clearly has learning disabilities of some kind. I, I shouldn't just, be so hard on her. I feel like I'm her mom now. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think that's funny that you went to a learning disability because I didn't really go so much there, um, which is interesting because I do have ADD that, you know, you would think I'd be like, oh, I feel you, girl. I feel like the spelling is why I think there's like dyslexia something. or something because it's just like she's clearly smart and it it's not that like because she misspells like October and like Tuesday, which is obviously a little complicated, but like you're 12. I took it more as she doesn't care. Like, the October, she knows how to spell October. She's just rushing because yeah. she's not invested. And that makes total sense to me. She's an artist. She's like, I, and at 12, you have no concept of fall black, fallback plans. So, right. like, That's she's, going, what to she's be an, going to do. She's going to be an artist. Why do I need to know how to spell October? Why do I need to know multiplication tables? I'm going to be painting portraits and still right. lifes. And I'm going to make a painting about embarrassment, which will be red. Like, I love, that's just how she sees the world. Yeah. But as you were talking about the genius, because I really didn't engage too much with that other than to note that, you know, some of Claudia's, I guess, imposter syndrome would be the best way to put it, um, is built around Janine and how I have more empathy for her now. Oh, man, now I even have more empathy for her. Can you imagine how difficult it would be to be a 15-year-old girl, to have all of those hormones and that messiness of being... A teenager and be more brilliant than literally anyone you ever speak to uh, and just see the world in a completely different way than everyone else does. It must be so hard. And be taking like college level courses and like even though those kids are maybe, you know, 20. They don't want to hang out with a 15 year old. They're in a much different place. It sort of is the same thing as like babyish growing up. Claudia versus Janine. Yeah. You know, like she's not, they're not the same age. And so it's like. They have different experience levels and knowledge levels and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think that is a really yeah. – I didn't even think about that piece of it. Yeah, like can you imagine – so Kate and I, as we said, we met my freshman year of college. So I was already younger than Kate. Can you imagine if we had like a 15-year-old show up on campus and come to one of our studio parties? Like we would have been like – So weird. Go away. Yeah, it's like you you technically belong here because you're in college, but like you don't belong here and it's making me feel really weird because you're a child. You can't sit here. But also, we're going to get arrested if you're here. So please leave. Please, please. Um, that was one of um, my funniest college memories is I lived in Dayton for a little bit after we graduated, after I graduated. And I remember going um, to campus to a party because my roommate was taking a fifth year. And I remember having a very vivid moment of like standing outside of somebody's house, drinking with like the freshmen going, I, I'm a business professional. I, I have a real job. Like I, I should not be I should here. not be drinking with eighteen year olds. What am I what is happening? <laughs> what is my life? Um <laughs> accurate. So I, I think there's a lot of that going on where they're just really not they're both in really awkward places mm-hmm. and not really understanding each other that way. Yeah. And same with it goes with Christy and Marianne that they're um I, I think that's one of the coolest parts about these books being told from the different perspectives Mm -hmm. is as repetitive as the descriptions can feel or in my memory rather because I haven't continued to read them all yet. Like you just sort of gloss over it. It's like I already know who everyone is. I don't need to see the like nuances because I think this is where you're going. Yeah. The nuances of like Christy describing Marianne versus Claudia describing Marianne. Like they're they're obviously talking about the same person and you can tell that but like I'm sure. It's going to be a little different. It's going to have a a, a little different feel. I noticed this time the way that um, Christy sort of described their boy craziness with an eye roll. Right. Whereas Claudia described their lack of interest in boys with an eye roll. Exactly. And I vividly remember that divide when Mm -hmm. some of the girls started, everything was about boys and some some of the girls were just still like, you guys, you're crazy. Can you just chill? Um, (laughs) And even the one, like, even once they were interested in boys, boy crazy is definitely a very different thing. Yeah. And that's one we're going to have to dig into at some, a boy crazy Stacy. I was going to say, yep. well, there is a literal book called Boy Crazy Stacy. We're going sure to have to. it will come up significantly there. I can still remember the cover of that book. It's Me like too. her with a 
lifeguard yeah and like a kid yeah she's like using the kid as and a prop like, to talk oh, to lifeguard adorable. i vividly remember that one too because for some reason it's the only one with the wrong color palette yes. like the all the books are these sort of muted pastels and this is this bright like yellow neon boy crazy stacy yeah like oh. she's crazy you're crazy now too um because <laughs> your books on the shelf there's this one that just sticks out it's gonna drive you crazy forever Yes. You won't be boy crazy, you'll just be crazy. You'll just be book crazy. You'll be <laughs> book crazy. color crazy. Um, but I hate that phrase, boy crazy, as if being interested in the opposite sex. Right. Like, boys at that age are very rarely called girl crazy. Right. Or even when they're older, they're just ladies men. Yeah. And that's... Uh, so well, it goes back that. to the same thing we were talking about with bossy, you know? Like, they... Um, Claudia calls Christy bossy in this book. And I, I reading it went, oh, girl... Yeah. She has showing leadership capabilities. <laughs> she is not bossy. Exactly. Um, I think it's interesting, too, that the um, it very clearly sets up the tension between the girls mm-hmm. um, more clearly than I really remember it. Yeah. I, I, which I think is really smart because you do not have a group of four 12 to 13-year-old girls in a friendship or any group of girls of that age without – some kind of drama oh, or fights drama. or I remember being in middle school and it was like at least once a week we were in the guidance counselor's office because somebody was upset about something or like because it was I think I don't I, I had a lot of varying friend groups throughout the years that just it is what it is I think there was a period though where I had like it was like a group of three of us in middle school and it was like there was always one that felt left out or like and so she'd go to the guidance counselor and we'd all go to the guidance counselor and like I'm sure that was the best they could do, but it also was, like, that's just how it is. You know, like you were saying, like, there's a group of girls, like, there's always going to be some kind of conflict, whether there's boys or, you know, two people are hanging out by themselves, having their own little secrets, like Claudia and Stacey. It's, like... It's just drama. Yeah. Growing up is drama. I don't care who you are, but uh, we can really only speak to the girl aspect of it because that was our experience. Um, I'm certain that boys have their own version yeah, of drama. Like manifests itself in different ways, but there's I mean, got to be something comparable. I'm sure. Especially nowadays, they have to deal with um, having genuine conversation around toxic man- um Why can I not <laughs> say the word masculinity? Um, toxic masculinity and how that plays out mm-hmm. and um, being torn in different directions. like. Right. I don't. I, I'm excited to get a dude on here and like dig oh, yeah. into some of this yeah, yeah. and get some of their perspectives. I, I especially love because um, we do get more of the boys in this book. Boys yes. really did not appear at all That's in Christie, um, and so along that line where I was talking about like that growing pains of maturity, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was really fascinating. So Stacy and Claudia sit with boys, as we mentioned. Side note, like, they both sit with, like, other friend friends. groups. Yeah. I was like, what, who are all these people? Yeah. Like, I, you're supposed to, like, no new friends. You just no. be friends with each other. You don't talk, ta- you don't talk to anyone else. You can have a crush on some random boy, but you do not have any other friends. Um, I was so confused. Which is so funny. That's going to be interesting to see how they handle that in the upcoming Netflix television series. Mm-hmm. Because, I, from what I remember of the movie and television series, oh, yeah. there were no other, except for Koki and her, Koki. Head ads or what it? Okay, um, the Koki crew. Yeah, gross. I hate never saying that again. Um, but like, no, these are other, like, just sitting with other people, and it's not. That's not drama. Nobody's right. like. I expected somebody to say, "Why aren't you sitting with us?" Right. Um. Although, well, yeah, when they have their like special meeting or emergency meeting at at recess or whatever it's like okay after you eat lunch we'll meet outside it's not like no you have to sit with us today because we have to have an emergency meeting it's just like okay you guys sit with your friends we'll sit with our friends meet up later and also can i just say dorianne wallingford the best name ever even claudia's like that's a so good romantic. name. So, so And she's such a drama queen. I'm like, man, I was sleeping on Dorianne. I need to. That's... Something tells me, like, we're never going to see her again. No, probably <laughs> you not. Know, like, this is literally the only time that there are other. We're going to start a Dorianne watch right here and now. Next time right there's Dorianne, everybody gets a million dollars. That is not a legally binding contract. <laughs> Says the attorney. Um <laughs> No, by the time she shows up, if she ever does, we'll have completely We've forgotten. forgotten. Yeah. We'll be like, oh, that's an interesting name. 
100%. And then someone will write in and be like, hey, be like, hey where's my million dollars? Dorianne. And I will back. tell you, if you believe that, you are as dramatic as Dorianne Wallingford. Accurate. Um, talking about boys, Alan Gray, book number two, I thought for sure he was like down the line. But like right here, picking on Christy, being front and center. Um, you know. Picking on her because he likes her. Ugh, can woof. we just talk about that trope? Woof, 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 woof. Such a woof. And they even fully call it out. Chrissy's like, my mom told me that, but yes. I never believed it's it until now. It's mentioned like multiple times throughout the book. And it's just like, oh boy. That, that was like a takeaway when I was a kid. Like same. That, like, I mean, it's not, obviously it was not the only thing, it, or it did not only come from Babysitter's Club, but like, it was just, you know, I got it from another place. Like, that's what that means. And like, I was a big nerd. Yeah. A lot of boys picked on me. They did not have crushes on me. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, same. I was, um, how do I put this? A lot. Um, <laughs> you know what t- teenage boys don't want? A lot. A lot. Um, Accurate. And uh, so, yeah, no. that And, and that, oh, I can't tell you how many toxic relationships I have seen because girls have internalize right. this message that, that means that he cares about me yeah if he's picking on me it means he likes me and it, it, it leads to such problematic behavior yeah and it's not good for the boys no. either no no um to be taught the, to show affection through bullying like that's just ugly <laughs> all around all um, caps alan gray <laughs> makes fun of christy because he, he likes, likes her. her yes so no Ugh. <laughs> and i'm more i like it's in my notes multiple times that that place in all caps but i but and, Alan Gray. You but know. Alan Gray. So he, you're just like internalizing Alan Gray from the movie because fair. he is so adorable in the movie. And also he likes Dawn in the movie. Yeah, you're right. He does. And that like just popped into my head. He does not like Christy in the movie. He likes and, – and Alan Gray is a, a reoccurring boyfriend of Christy's. They actually date at some point, I remember. They do. Um, or they try to and like decide they're not really interested Ooh, into each other. I can't wait to see that so, happen. So <laughs> – I don't want to get too much into it now, but especially because as that develops, it's a little early for it. But what do we think Christie's sexuality is? It, it, is it possible that she's maybe not interested in guys, period? Um, it's a possibility. She is the only one of the girls who doesn't have a serious relationship that I'm aware of. And it just seems oh, totally. Oh, she does. Oh, who, which one? Oh, you'll find out in my favorite book. Oh, good. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So never mind. I, but that doesn't so, necessarily, I mean. I'm I'm hearing hoofbeats and going straight to zebra, but that's because I'm bi and I want everybody to, <laughs> I want everybody like to Like everybody's bi. Yeah. Well, but like, I mean, if you look at Buffy, does, notwithstanding the fact that Joss Whedon said Will is a lesbian. Yeah. She had a very committed, loving relationship oh, with yeah. Oz. And I, you know, headcanon is that my she's bisexual, fully. pansexual. She is not. She'd not have that relationship and get her heart broken and be as devastated as she was and then be like, I'm a lesbian now. Yeah. I mean, like, that can happen, but... Uh, fully. I'm 100% I feel in my soul that Willow is not a lesbian. She's bisexual or pansexual. Something... Co-signed. 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 So it's possible that Christy... Yeah. You know, she's not necessarily a lesbian, but... I think I think that's going to be my head canon. is that she's... <laughs> She's part of the team, <laughs> and um, we'll we'll see what happens. It could just be that she is that quote unquote tomboy, which right. again I don't like that characterization either because I know plenty of girls who were big into sports but were the biggest boy boy crazy. Um, ugh. <laughs> to use that phrase. Uh, to use a phrase to stick with the lexicon that is given to us. Accurate. Um, I, that we're just as into mm. boys and relationships and. Ooh, as, as anybody else. <laughs> That's the technical term. That is a very technical term. Um, the other thing I was going to say about the oh, so I do have to confess, Kate was teasing me a little bit. I have an enormous crush on um, Alan Gray, f- largely from the movie, um, but it has become a running gag with our friends because uh, my college roommate, Sarah McLaughlin, who I will <laughs> always and forever refer to as my college yeah. roommate, Sarah McLaughlin. I will remember you, um, Sarah McLaughlin. Yes. I, <laughs> not I, that Sarah McLaughlin. Not that Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> um, I, you know, I did not live with the woman who sings about the sad dogs. And building a mystery. And, um, and she Dawson's loves Creek. when we, we bring this up yes, that her name is Sarah so McLaughlin. Much. It's her Hi, favorite. Sarah McLaughlin. We love you. No talent ass clown. Um, <laughs> exactly. So... Um, Wow, there's a hopefully a segment of young people listening to this who are like, what are they talking what? about? Um, 
But she watched the movie with me and was just appalled that that was, she's like, this, this is your big crush? Her? Her, yes, exactly. Um, so that is going to be a running gag as we go on. And Sarah has requested to come on solely to make fun of me um, That's fair. about Alan That'll Gray. be a very special episode. Yeah. We'll watch the movie with her and she can just spend the whole podcast making fun of you. Which- and I will... Just lovingly laugh, join laugh, in laugh. And laugh. Um, yes. So that's that's very funny. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to say, but about because uh, going back to the maturity big picture mm-hmm. idea, um, we started to get here when we were talking about uh, the lunch tables. Um, it's interesting to see how Claudia interacts with the boys mm-hmm. being immature versus Claudia or um, Christy and Marianne are babyish. Yet the right. boys are like. Chewing up food and making, and making food towers, towers, and she giggles at them. That's adorable. But um, her friends are babyish, which uh, again, I will fully own that I one hundred percent, especially at that age, was like anything a boy did if they were remotely cute. I'd be like, "Oh, that's so cute! <laughs> he just picked his nose." Oh, um, gross. gross. Probably not that. There was a boy in my school who picked his nose and ate it, and we made fun yeah. of him. I won't say his name now. Yeah, you. <laughs> I she couldn't get it. I, um, I, yes, that he totally was like that. I wasn't there, but yeah. I, I assure that I assume that you're being correct. Um, also, sort of about like the babyish, not babyish, talking about um, going back to our uh, talk about um, Stacy being sophisticated. How many times does she bring up being from New York in this book? I was like Britta. Chill out. <laughs> like, we <God>. get <laughs> like, it. When I was in New York, we did this. Oh, in New York, it was so much better. Like, look, we understand New York is great. I love New York. You love New York. But also... Cut it out. Could you chill? Name you dropper. You live here now. Yeah. Although, again, my adult brain is like, have a little bit of empathy. It's right. a 12-year-old girl. She's only been, been there for like a month. Yeah. And she even is starts the book by lamenting... Lamenting? Ooh. Ooh. Um... That just rolled off the tongue. No idea. Um, that she wishes she, she knew more people. She's right. like scrounging for a babysitter's job because she wants to yeah. meet people. She's she poor girl's lonely. Yeah. And yes, maybe you're lonely because you won't <laughs> shut up about like, New look York. Look how awesome I am. Like, okay, we we love you. Okay, so I think is that covered. Yeah, that that sort I think, of. I think that we sort of were able to bring up. Everything. We, I mean, I'm sure we could talk forever about babyish versus sophisticated. But what we did not touch on is their outfits, because that is a big indicator of who is babyish and who isn't. That is true. And I need our resident fashion expert, Miss Kate McManus. Vlasic- oh, Kate McManus. <laughs> that is That's Kate's maiden name. Um, no, it's, it's it's still part of me. Yeah, no, <laughs> legit. I, I will never, never not call you Kate McManus. Oh, yeah. You're not the only one. No. Um, there was not quite as much fashion in this one as the first one, and there was not a lot less um, Christy and Marianne. So it was a lot of Claudia and Stacy. So I, the one that did stand out for me, I remember her describing. Um, they insisted on wearing a turtleneck and a jumper, and I was like, "Yes, Woof. to the dance." And Alan was okay with that. That's oh. what Christy wore to the dance, <laughs> and Alan was okay with it. Yes. Well, good as long as Alan is okay with it. Yes, and Stacy and Claudia for the dance ended up in baggy jeans and new bulky sweaters. Like, they are swimming in fabric, and they think that that is a good look for their first dance in in middle school. So I'm not going to lie to you. That was my dream look. Oh, that was my look in middle school. Yeah. I, am, I am making fun of them and myself at the same time. I was not fashionable um, when I was younger. No. And I was literally trying to recreate a bunch of this. But <laughs> in particular, I just remember... This is so weird that, uh, you know, the weird things that, like, stick in your brain. But The Pelican Brief was a seminal <laughs> oh, book yeah. for me. Darby Shaw. She was the reason I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Spoiler. You just wanted to I be her. I just wanted to be her. Uh, turns out, Kate let me know that there's a lot less, like, on the run with Denzel Washington in actual law life. I, um, I spend a lot of time sitting on my butt in front of a computer. Um, it's, yeah. It's not glamorous at all. <laughs> But for some reason, when they described her in, in law school, that she was always wearing like sort of beat up jeans and big oversized sweaters that made her look vulnerable. And I am a lot of things, but like dainty and vulnerable ain't ain't ever been used to describe me. Um, so, you know, you always fantasize about what you aren't. And I just remember thinking, oh, I wish I could like drown in a sweater like that. So um, 
except I'm a bigger girl with big boobs and drowning in sweaters <laughs> just makes me look like I'm wearing a tent. Um, it's, so it's hard to pull that look off. You have to be Julia Roberts, pretty yeah, much. pretty much, or Claudia and Stacey apparently. Cause, well, they cause also the, have hopefully no boobs because they're twelve. That, <laughs> that's fair. And it was the '80s. The hormones hadn't, <laughs> and the chicken hadn't. <laughs> Things were different. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk of um, clips. Claudia has like teddy bears and. There's something like sparkly. Oh, the ones with the streamers, streamers. that yeah. Mrs. Newton liked. I, but I'm both of the barrettes that Stacy wears, or not Stacy, Claudia wears in this book have streamers on them. Which, like, I vaguely remember that being yeah. a thing, but I feel like it was when I was like eight. Yeah. Not 12. Uh, yeah, that felt, that felt a that little felt babyish. Babyish. But, you know, I will say. I have to throw this like bonus description in. Oh, I know of, what this is. Of this is not so good. one of our core four, as we started calling them in the last one. So Alexander Kurtzman. Oh, this isn't where I thought you were going. Oh, I love this. Who's Alexander Kurtzman? Oh, so he's he's apparently a big nerd that was in line behind Stacey. Oh no, no cutsies yeah, or no backsies. No frontsies, no, no backsies. No but so, so Claudia, this is Claudia's description. Ordinarily, I might have tried to sneak in line behind her, Stacy, but she was standing right next to this kid, Alexander Kurtzman, who carries a briefcase and wears a jacket and tie and lives to obey, obey rules. One of his favorites is no frontsies, no backsies, so there was really no point in trying to butt in. A jacket and tie and a briefcase, and he is 12. The sad thing is I knew that kid. We had a kid like that at oh my boy. grade school. He was not in my grade, but he was always like in a suit jacket and a bow tie. Oh, boy. And um, oh, and like, Claudia wears a, a bow tie also in this book with Scotty dogs on oh, it. Oh, that's right. The Scotty dog bow tie. I had one of those. <laughs> of course you did. Because um, my grandparents had a Scotty dog who I um, called Toto and insisted <laughs> he was from Wizard of Oz. Of course. Poor Muffin. I shoved that dog into so many baskets. Oh. Um, but I, uh, so the Brett thing just makes me think of how sweet Mrs. Newton is to her. So she treats Claudia and Christy like adults. And mm-hmm. I just remember that feeling um, of being, you know, that age and having an adult not talk down to you was yeah. just revolutionary. Um, Any other uh, fashion we need to... I mean, there's Sam's date. I oh, think that's the one I was thinking to, about. Yeah, to I, note just, it, but we probably should at least talk about the Phantom Caller at some point oh, during yeah. this discussion. <laughs> we haven't even really gotten to the plot at all. Yeah. Hey, all. Lauren here with a quick note from the future. Going forward, we will be doing book summaries at the beginning of every episode. In the meantime, you can check out this week's summary in our episode description. I'd also like to take a moment to note that, for the record, Koki Mason had nothing to do with the Phantom phone calls. Sorry, Kate. I mean, we don't need to discuss the whole plot, but I think we do need to at least touch on that. But first, Sam's date, whose name was like Tamara, Tamara, something like that. I wrote it down in different notes and they are not here. Maybe you can find it while I read this. So Christy is describing this date. And this is what makes Stacy start crying and look like a little girl rather than a sophisticated young woman um, because she has a huge crush on Sam. But so Christy described, this is a quote of Christy that Claudia has. So, my own brother? No way. Besides, he'd never understand. He's girl crazy. I think this is after they say, you should talk to Sam about boys. Um, so, my, my own brother? No way. Besides, he'd never understand. He, he's girl crazy. You should have seen who, or maybe I should say what, he took to the movies last Friday. She's a freshman in high what? school. And she has spiky yellow hair with green stuff at the ends. And these little lace gloves with the fingertips cut off. Now, what is the point of wearing gloves if, and I think she gets cut oh. off by Stacey being upset. So, it's um, Tamara, or okay. oh, Tamara. Good brain. Yep. Um, what? Wow, yeah, who or Christy. What? Right? Ouch. Also, Tamara sounds rad. She sounds awesome. I of wanted, course Sam wanted to take her out. Yeah. Um, and also, seventh grade to freshman in high school, that is a giant gap at Claudia that age. Claudia agrees. Yeah. Claudia does say, I think she that's it's a little too old for yeah. her. Um, and Although so, I feel like that was also something that Christy said in Christy's Great Idea. And I feel like... Maybe we said it on the podcast or we on a separate conversation. I feel like we were like, Christy, that's not too different. Like, I feel like we're like going back like, on go, it now. Like, yeah. Oh, no, you're right. That is different. Like, it's not too different now. Right. But like 12 three to years. 14 is. Oh, 12 to 14. That's how they. That You know what? That's the difference. They framed it as 12 to 14 in Christy, which doesn't sound too bad. But seventh grade to freshman in high that's school true. sounds like. Yeah. An eternity because it is. It is. Yeah, it's um, a very, very different place to be. Yeah. Um, 
that that gap is is strange and i i would again it's not strange for a seventh grade person to be interested in a freshman but it would feel weird for a freshman right to want anything to do with a seventh grader in both directions not just boy or well girl in particular can you imagine oh, dating a seventh grade boy oh i mean now hopefully now no not. yeah <laughs> um yikes but yeah in any case. Any case. So let's talk about the Phantom Caller. Okay. So um, as we mentioned in the the dis- basic description, um, the girls are freaked out because there is a string of robberies in a nearby town um, that would... It's be- getting closer and closer. Yeah. It's like, like 25 it's like miles. farther away and then a little bit closer. But yeah, it's like... I think the closest one is like 20, 25 miles. So it's not like... It's not like right next door. Yeah. Um, although... 25 miles is, like, my commute to work in the morning. So it's just sort of, like, another neighborhood of Cleveland. But, like, when you're a kid, 25 miles seems, like, so far. That's very true. Because your world is really just, like... a little bit more, like, not freaked out. But I think... Well, that sort of goes to my point. So let me me set up who the caller is, and then we'll dive into our discussion of it. So um, there's been a string of robberies in a nearby very affluent part of town um, that... A, someone is calling to see if people are home and hanging up and then robbing them when they're out. And in, apparently in some cases, he's actually been in the house and stolen the jewelry and gotten out while they were still there, which... See... I want to cut all shenanigans. Uh, right, like, I feel like Marianne makes that leap because, like, how do you know? Because, it, like, it's not like you come home and you're like... I'm going to go check my jewels. Right, right, you're, like, already home and you're like, I should go up to my closet and see what's in my jewelry box. Like, yeah. You, you could have just, just not noticed. Right. It, or it could have been, like, you got some phone calls and then, like, the next time you're, you know, like, it's not, a, like, a one-to-one correlation. Like, you get a phone call, you leave the house, you immediately check your jewelry box. Like, right. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> so, in any case, the girls, um, that this sparks their imagination and they become obsessed with this caller or this phantom phone caller and convinced that he's going to come get them while they're babysitting. Um, and then they do start getting hang-up calls and having yes. some weird things happen. So that totally feeds into their um, obsession, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but spoiler alert, <laughs> the phantom caller was Alan Gray and Trevor Sanborn. Oh, my which, gosh. <gasps> the, the boys that... The girls have crushes on. Because, you know, if we want to say that that Alan likes Christy because he's picking on her, she picks on him right back. Oh, yeah. So she is – they note she's the only girl to ever stand up to him. Exactly. Which is probably why he likes her because right. she gives his – it sounds like he's just like one of those kids that's a spastic nerd and picking on everybody and then he thinks she's, she's in on the game. Re- yeah. and she's like reacting. So that means that – So I like that, that framing so much better than yeah. let's pick on somebody because we like them. Um. So uh, the thing that stood out to me uh, about this plot line is how your imagination works right. as a kid. Um, that you, everything is, I remember being scared in my parents' basement, like nothing bad was going to happen, mm-hmm. but like you, we would tell ghost stories and then be convinced that it was right. actually going to happen exactly. to us. Um, and how we lose that as we get older, how mm-hmm. the, the adults are taking everything so... Like, yep, this is something that could happen. Right. We'd call the police, but... They're not, like, setting up tin can. Well, and that's what I was about to say is, like, sort of branching off from that. Like, they get freaked out. They, like, their imaginations run away with them. And their thought is, we should come up with this idea for how to protect ourselves. You know, they have the code with the hair ribbons, which I still can't remember. None of that could either. But, like, but they have, like, okay, we're going to do this. This is how it's going to work. And we're also going to set up tin cans and pots and pans and, you know, Marianne comes up with the thing with, like, the door pushing into the boombox to make it start playing and, like, open the the marble bag, like. So this I have to ask because, as we have mentioned, um, Kate's reading the original books and I've got the electronic version, so they obviously have been adapted slightly. We are, we're, we're noting any differences. Yeah. Did they, when they say she goes up to raid the music collection, did she, does it say tapes or records or CDs? I think CDs? it was a tape. Ta- tape. They very intentionally left out any. It's just uh, Marianne went up to raid Sam and Christie's music collection. Oh, okay. And there's no uh, mention on the boombox of, it's not like a cassette player. It's a, They call it a stereo. And it's like, if I wanted to turn it on, I, how would I hit play? I'm like, clever. Yeah. You are very clearly not stating. I I would have to double check, but I'm pretty sure it said tape. Tape. Okay. D- apropos of nothing. Right. But just, just interesting. You know, changing it up. Um, 
sorry, you were making a point about how how quickly they leapt to right. It was like okay, so there's Phantom Caller, twenty five miles away. We're getting some phone calls, but no one's getting robbed. Also, the people we're babysitting for are not rich people. They're normal middle class. They, I'm sure they have some jewelry, but like they don't have these like extravagant diamonds and jewels and tons yeah. of gold. But so they jump from there's this thing happening 25 miles away. It could happen here. Now we're getting because I think even when they're when they discover it in the the newspaper, yeah, the newspaper, right? Like so when they discover it, it's like oh, I did get a weird phone call, and they're immediately like, it's him. He's here. He's gonna get us. So they jump from that, and then it's like okay, we need to come up with the code so that we can call the police because what if they're inside the house and they're listening? And then also like we need an early warning sign. So what can we do to do that? And like. You know, they hear, like, one noise and they're immediately, you know, Marianne booby traps every single door of the house and, like, forgets that Louis is outside and he can open doors. <laughs> and she's, like, multiple times thinks that the phantom caller is breaking in. And yeah. So it's just, like, they keep, like, they it's, like, they're feeding in on each other and just, like, raising the stakes because they're just so, like, freaked out and they just keep freaking each other out more, which is exactly what you do when you're 12 years old because yep. anything could ha- be happening and it's easy to let your imagination run wild. Um, Claudia daydreams early mm-hmm. in there. And I, I thought it was such fascinating language. She talks about, I'll never get to know how that daydream ends. A daydream's not a dream. You're making this up in right. your head, lady. Exactly. Um, you, can, you can make it be whatever you want. So, And I think that's interesting because yeah. it always cuts off right as they end up alone together. And that sort of... Um, that's I, I recognize that the limits to your imagination. If you haven't had been alone with a boy, if you haven't had a right. kiss, if you have you, it, you just know like for movies like that's you can you like know, you go off into the sunset and but happily you, ever after. Like, but you can't even imagine it for yourself right. because you just have no frame of reference. Yeah, because you you can only see the sort of like high level like fade out to black. Yeah, you don't get to see what's actually happening in the moment, and you you get it from a a third. I perspective point of right. view like that's not what kissing is like when you're one of the ones kissing exactly um is it maybe I've never kissed anybody before <laughs> <laughs> um Claudia I think we need to have a conversation okay um so you know what's also interesting is when you put it against um how they view Karen so Karen and her morbid destiny yes. um obsession and how funny they think it is that um she assumed that she cursed her with freckles. Yes. (laughs) And they all laugh and like, oh, that's so, Karen is so silly. You girls think that some robber's coming in and you've got to have like a code word and like, it is not that far off from Morbid of Destiny. Right. Yes, this is an actual burglar, but it has about as much to do with you as this woman is a witch. The likelihood of it being real. Um, You talking about that made me remember I wrote this thing. I I wrote another quote because I had to remember it because I... I always disliked Karen, and it was probably because she was supposed to be kind of the annoying, like, little sister, yep. hence the Little Sister series. I actually um, had a soft spot for Karen because I did read some of the Little Sister okay. series. I, I think it'd be interesting to have you read a couple of those. Yeah. Just to um, – because if the perspective now, I maybe have a yeah. different view. Um, but there was this passage in the book that – even though I even in this book I was like, oh Karen, you're such like you're such a Karen. Not really. <laughs> um, but like I was just like, oh my God, I love this. This is so funny. So it's when Christy is babysitting for Karen and Andrew. Um, and they're going to bed. And so this is I guess Claudia is saying what Christy was doing, but Karen searched through the shelf in her room, then sat down on her bed. Christy sat next to her and Karen handed her a book. What's this? exclaimed Christy. The witch next door, where did this come from? It just appeared, said Karen mysteriously. <laughs> Christy looked at her suspiciously. Are you sure? Well, it appeared from inside Daddy's briefcase. He bought it for me. <laughs> I was like, that cracked that's me adorable. Up. That is the absolute that is an absolute cutest thing in the entire world because oh god i feel that i felt that like (laughs) it just appeared it just appeared i don't know a witch brought it yeah oh my god yeah i I had to point that out but they even know like um they think karen is kind of ridiculous but there's just that little bit of like marianne's like well she kind of does look like a witch and then they even mentioned like well she can't be a witch because she would have kept the rat parts and i was like (laughs) (laughs) what kind of witches are you guys into but um 
it's it's just funny to see how they feel so much older than Karen, and yet their fantasies are right. just they're, as out, outlandish. They're letting their imaginations run wild, just like she does. Although I couldn't help but feel like the end of this book. So, in the end, um, they think they catch the Phantom Caller, but not really. And then one night, Claudia and Christy are babysitting together because those bratty cousins yes, are back. Jamie and the cousins. On I'm sorry, a Tuesday night, they're going. The parents are going to a cocktail party. Yeah. Do you go to cocktail parties on Tuesday nights? No, I'm it's a Tuesday <laughs> night, and I am sitting in my pajamas That's true. in your basement. Gonna, it's literally a Tuesday night. I have slippers and leggings. And a sweatshirt. I'm wearing a bike shirt and a t-shirt that's five times too big, which would have fit right there in the go. 90s. It's, you, actually, your shorts need to be significantly more baggy it, if you want to fit in. No, no, bike shorts were... Oh, the, I, but I, I thought you were... Oh, no. If you wanted to be on theme for the baggy jeans and oversized fair, sweater. Fair, fair, fair. No, sorry, I was bulky more... Bulky sweater, not oversized. I'm one scrunchie away from the side. You really to, are. It's a good look. Um... It's actually from one of my other favorite podcasts. Shout out to Binge Mode. Ah. Um, I don't even remember where we were going with this. This happens to um, me all the time. The, they're babysitting Claudia and Oh, Christy yes. So Claudia and Christy are babysitting. Jamie Newton and the terrible cousins who have reverted to, again, being terrible. Oh, really quickly before we get into what happened there, I, I have a quote that I need to read for you. Um, so Claudia mentions that the last time she dealt with the cousins um, – she just ignored them, and that caused them mm-hmm. to quiet down. She goes, but Christy does things a slightly different way. Um, let's find out how Christy does it. <laughs> oh, I remember, but please enlighten everyone. Um, okay. But Christy had a different idea. You have to remember that even though she's small for her age, she's a tomboy, <laughs> and she's used to boys in a big family. So her... Her method of dealing with them is one false move and I'll punch your lights out. <laughs> that goes for all of you. Including Jamie. <laughs> okay. Um, to be clear, the kids that they're, we are talking about are Rob 8, um, Brenda 5, and Rosie 3. Uh, one false move and I will punch your lights out, Rosie the three-year-old. So <laughs> goes for all of you. Wow, that got so me. So don't get out of line. A lot. But it also has one of my very favorite quotes talking about that, um, the way the imagination runs away from you. Um, Claudia says, it's funny how sometimes you can be just as scared by nothing as mm-hmm. by something. And that was just such a perfect distillation of like, sometimes the times when I'm most freaked out are when I have nothing really to be exactly. afraid of. But it's just whatever my head it's is. in your head and it just, you, and you, and you know can't, it's there. You can't but, make it stop because it's just... It's just happening. Yes. So in this case, they both get a couple of hang-up calls. Um, they hear some noises outside. When they go to look, they actually do see a figure dart away. And then they start to panic and think, okay, we need to call the police. Mm-hmm. Um, they handle that so right? well. I can't help but feeling like it's a little bit of a PSA for right. like, like, this and, is what you should do. And like, and like how many times? Sure that the cop shows you his badge so that you know he's a real cop before you let him in the house. Like, yeah, it definitely came across. But it wasn't quite as like, movie, Preachy. like special movie, yeah. you know, movie, very, movie like the week. lifetime movie kind of thing yeah. or like after school special there That's, we go that, okay we got we there. got there but yeah like because after school specials are like beating you over the head and like this obviously is doing the same thing without beating you over the head um it's just really telling how like many times the adults are like that was very responsible good of job. you good job for handling that where um reading it i did not remember that they had called actually called no, the police. I, I thought they just like caught him. caught him same um and I, when they first start talking about calling the police, I my first thought was, uh-oh, you're going to get in trouble exactly. for that. Because a kid on my street did call 911 oh, no. as a prank call. Oh. Well, prank calls are obviously not a good thing to call to 911. But um, I, they were very like, mm-hmm. like, you do not call unless it is an emergency. Um, and like the cop came over and he called over all the kids in the neighborhood and like sat us down and like, when is it appropriate to call 911? And like, here's how this basically never somebody dying. Then you call 911. Other than that, blood everywhere. 911. Yeah. Otherwise. Nope. Also, it it was the eighties. So it was a lot more like, whatever, do what you want. You'll be fine. Um, but, uh, so the, the police do come and they catch dun, 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 Alan Gray, who has been, um, 
has been stealing Christie's basically appointment book with all of their yeah, appointments the, of where the they're appointment babysitting. Because um, she has to keep it because she's the president. And she's oh, the yes. Possible. She has to be. It, she I, has to be in charge. That was in an, control. Another one of those moments where I was like, damn it, this is why I'm such a Christie. <laughs> like, this is me. Um, and um, he's all he's trying to do is ask them out and he, or her out to the dance and he can't get it out he's too nervous and i love i did love that they showed that on the boy end too yeah. because that was that was a total thing we would you know call kevin dunnigan hi kevin dunnigan and like hang up really right. quick um and, and then giggle and giggle and giggle um and it turns out it wasn't just alan gray it was <gasps> trevor sanborn who by the way her description gave me total jordan catalano vibes um <laughs> he's a poet because he's a poet, and she talks about his he's the most r- romantic name ever and his dark hair and dreamy yeah. eyes, um, where I was like, oh, we're in Angela Chase territory oh, yeah. here. Um, he leans great. He leans so great. Ugh, that's so fun. Um, we are starting a rewatch of that for the 25th anniversary as well and are super excited about oh, it. Yeah. We may have a very special episode, and by oh, may I mean you're definitely for sure. having a very special episode about my so-called life. So, and we'll have to. That's why my hair is still red right now. Yep, <laughs> we'll ha- we'll have to uh, do some compare and contrast with our with our love interests, definitely, and, and the girls. Um, so, is there any sort of like last thoughts about anything? My last thought: Janine also hides candy in her bedroom. Yes! Right? I was like, that's oh my, my girl. God. She's a real person. She's a real person. Go figure. Yeah. Um, what do you say the, like, overall life lesson, moral of the story, do you think? If it were an after-school special. If it were an after-school special, I'd say, like, keep your cool in difficult situations, whether it's dealing with a boy or a phantom caller or when you're babysitting and, you know, shit goes wrong. I love that. I'm, like, trying to picture the Danny Tanner talk, like, <laughs> what he'd be like, now Michelle, and, like, sitting on the couch at the end of the episode. Um, I think it's um, how, how to be responsible and not mm-hmm. let your imagination run away with you. Yeah. Um, how to find that balance between playful, fun imagination and letting it go wild. Um and boys, obviously. Obviously. Duh. Um, so let's talk about next time. What yes. book is on the docket next? So the next book is The Truth About Stacy. All right. So it has been a hot minute since I read this one. Same. Um, so all of these. We can stop saying that. We all know we haven't read these. It's for, been quite some time. Yeah, since we've read all of these. So um, we are going to end all of our episodes by giving our guess prediction um remembrance of what the books are so this is one well it's been a long time i do remember it well no now that i'm saying it much less it's about diabetes that's what i got (laughs) it is about diabetes yeah i mean my i like honestly thought that this was the book where she told the babysitters club that she had diabetes but like she already did that in christy's great idea so it's like so why is it the truth about stacy we we know the truth about stacy I, here's here's the one sentence in my prediction that I wrote, so I would know what I was going to say. So my prediction is a shrug emoji, and I guess that maybe the rest of the school finds out. I was thinking that too. Like, that maybe the rest of the school that's finds the, out the truth about Stacy to everyone. Um, but that seems really dramatic, especially because we know that she left New York because she was getting made fun of when the whole school found out. So I'm having vague recollections of a scene with her in when she was still in New York. Um, <gasps> Maybe that's what it is. Doesn't she go back to New York to visit her friends and her, they find she pees the bed because of her oh. diabetes and has to go to the hospital and they find out about her. Why they find out why she left in the big secret? I thought they Oh, she was just getting made fun of for fainting, not cuz they knew she had diabetes. I think so, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Secrets. I guess we'll find we out. We will next find time. out. So, <laughs> when we because we we literally do read the next book after we record this. So, We'll find out. Yeah, that's the one nice thing about um, being able to get through these books so quickly is that we are able we to really can go do in it fresh, in real time. Yeah, we um, we take the week in between to um, read the books, make our make our notes, come up up with our big ideas, mm-hmm. and then um, so when we talk about it, this is literally the first time we are having a yes. conversation about these books. So you are getting it fresh, hot off the presses. Real time. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. We're nerds. Side um, note. I should have said this during my last thoughts. I have one last thought. Bring them on. So when Mimi's helping Claudia with her homework, oh. she says to Claudia, 
What do we have between the covers of this book? Asked Mimi, who thinks books are eyes into the hearts and lives of other people. She told me so once. I have that highlighted too. I want that like... Dying inside. I want that like cross-stitched on yes. something it needs or like a, a poster or a t-shirt or like a tote bag that you can put all your library books in oh i just she is just that was exactly uh the the note i wrote is mimi too pure for this world yes um which mimi. sadly she is i can't mm. believe how soon we lose her i know oh, sorry I like spoiler every, if you're not every every episode we're gonna like, talk about I, it. Can't it's gonna be bad all right okay. so um I think that is a great place to end. That That's is. a great... Um, yes, a very downer note. <laughs> well, I mean, I never meant her quote yes, about... Yes, her quote. That is a great place. We will, we will jump over the future sadness. We will deal with that when we get there. All For right. Now, so with that... Her. With that, I'm Kate Vlasic. And I'm Lauren Hunter. You can follow the podcast at Generation BSC on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us at GenerationBSC at Gmail. And with that, this episode of Generation BSC is adjourned. Thanks, guys. Bye. Say hello.